for many years I taught asylum seekers and many of them had been in the UK for quite a few years. And what upset me was to come across young people who had been in the UK for the same amount of time as my own children, but who still spoke English with an accent. They made many mistakes and had trouble writing essays. Um, in particular, I remember one young woman, she was from Peru, a vivacious 17-year-old. She told me her family had left Peru because they'd lived in an area where the Sendero Luminoso and the army were at loggerheads. This student had arrived five years before, but her English was still weak. I think I know how it happened. When you become a vet, you don't imagine that you'll spend time putting down animals. When you become a librarian, you never think that you'll spend much of your time throwing away books. When you become a park ranger to protect wildlife, perhaps you don't imagine that you'll be culling deer or rooting out alien species of plant. When you become a social worker, you don't foresee that you'll be breaking up families. When you become a teacher sometimes inadvertently, you don't imagine that you'll destroy people's ability to learn and their self-esteem. Think of it. A student embarks on an adventure of learning. He is barely out of the harbour when he's told, you're an average student, or you're not achieving, or you're quite good. The teacher ranks her students and passes and fails them right from the beginning. But this is an innocent, someone new to a subject, who might just begin to conceive a desire for knowledge. Before the student can even gets properly started, he's labelled. Expectations of the student are controlled from the beginning. I remember when I went to a racism awareness course organised by my local authority. Admittedly, this was a long time ago. In fact, the course seemed designed to reinforce racism. A balding, grey-white man in a polyester suit ran it. He gathered together the white teachers in the adult education college I worked at including a few East Europeans, Portuguese and Spanish, and then he asked the questions, what do we think about them? And how do we feel about them? Think about that for a second. What do we think about them? The racism awareness course actually began by otherizing everyone who wasn't white. Interestingly, it also seemed to presuppose that all white Europeans had a natural solidarity and affinity. When we arrived back in the UK from Mexico, two of my children were a little older and they had an accent in English. The youngest was too young to appear on the radar. They were more familiar with Spanish because they were born there and they lived in Mexico up to that point. This made them a prime target for special needs teachers and English language assistants who ordinarily might do a good job. Imagine giving an intelligence test to someone in a language that isn't their own. Of what use is it? Surely you can't regard such a test given to someone who's getting to grips with England, the English language, English people and English culture, and we all know that English culture is an acquired taste. You can't regard it as a legitimate test of intelligence. Both older children resisted the generous offers of help, and they were lucky to have been able to do so. In fact, in some cases, English assistants and special needs 
teachers, in my opinion, recruit the wrong pupils. And when they do so, they can destroy the futures of these children. My oldest is now a qualified doctor, and my second oldest is a lawyer. And if they had been made to feel Mexican, and that English was not their language, would they have achieved, have achieved as much? I doubt it. Students' futures can be destroyed in two ways by people who are supposed to be helping them. In the first place, when the wrong children are incorporated into these programs, learning doesn't accelerate, it slows down. The teachers and language assistants can waste children's time, the ones who shouldn't be in these programs in the first place, by teaching them nothing that is of any great use. Captive students are taught obviousnesses, that the sky is blue and that the clouds are white and the sun is yellow. In the case of the UK, is this even true? Have a look at the ESL syllabus to see how insipid and soul-destroying some aspects of it are. English as a second language. In second place, they teach these young people that they differ from other English young people. They teach them to internalise difference, to internalise a reality that says that they will never, ever be the same as real English people. As a language professional, one of my areas of language study is the relationship between language and identity. By otherizing immigrants, you stop them from easily acquiring a British identity. If you ask, for example, a northerner to speak like a Cockney, he won't, because he's a northerner. If you constantly lump Farsi-speaking students together and keep referring to them as Iranians or Afghans and not including them into a broader English identity, then they will not think of themselves as British. In addition, the teacher teaching the student and English culture will often view the student as someone who does not possess the language. Therefore, the student does not feel he has the right to judge, any right to judge use of English. The teacher considers herself to possess the language, ascribes to herself an almost papal authority over the correctness of that, of that language. The subtleties of how a student might develop his own voice in English through an evolving interlanguage or intermediate stage of learning are ignored as the teacher asserts her authority. A bad teacher is a cultural gatekeeper. A bad teacher sees the English as we, and the students as they, as foreigners. The students feel the teacher's attitude in class, just as students are made to feel like foreigners outside class, so that when a student speaks English, he begins to feel like an imposter. A student who allows himself to internalise this toxic teacher's view of him will never fully adopt an English accent. He's been made to feel that English doesn't belong to him. A student like this will probably continue to speak English with a Spanish or a Punjabi accent and continue to stumble and hesitate. How many English teachers are there who feel threatened when their student speaks good English or speaks it with a native accent? How many of these teachers then decide to take those students down with a higher than expected competence down a peg or two one way or another? Sadly, there are too many teachers who enjoy authority and a feeling of privileged knowledge. The animal-loving vet becomes an expert at euthanasia. The language teacher becomes a cultural gatekeeper and prevents immigrants from integrating fully 